You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Dan Baer's interview with the writer and director for A Love Song, Max Walker Silverman. So, just getting away from things, or what? Well, I'm meeting someone here. Supposed to be. (laughs) And who is this someone? I don't know, really. I mean, I knew him as a kid. Not even sure what he looks like anymore. Looking you can still love something ain't there no more. Ma'am, we was wondering if you might be willing to move your trailer. Someone's expecting to find me at this one. Fair point. We'll see you then. Howdy. You know me? I don't know. You know me? We came here for a field trip, 1970. You tried to kiss me that day. You tried to kiss me. I don't remember that. I'm in still play? Play what? Music. Of course not. Both probably sitting on a lily pond. I'm having her in my arms. Come on. Be gone. I hadn't known love before. Can't you see? And when it came, it was I'm in just so simple. Realized what all the songs were about. Welcome to Next Best Picture Podcast, where we're talking with Max Walker Silverman, the writer and director of A Love Song, starring Dale Dickey and Wes Studi. Max, it's wonderful to be talking with you today. Where are you these days and how are you doing? Honored to be here. I am currently sitting in a hotel room in Los Angeles, California, with (laughs) some oatmeal beside me. I'm on... uh, a, a little bi-coastal trip leading up to the release of the movie on July 29th, uh, hitting New York and L.A. and doing very well. Feeling very fortunate to have stumbled into a job that like flies me places. I've uh, didn't <laughs> I didn't think I'd ever have one of those. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And the congratulations. <laughs> I don't assume it's going to last, so I'm trying <laughs> to make them well, I get, can. get the I most out of room servants and everything. <laughs> Uh, yeah, get the most out of it while you can. <laughs> That's right. Well, congratulations on the film. Um, this is your first film as a writer or a director, let alone both. And it's remarkably confident, I think, for a first feature. The power of the silences of it, the way it allows to breathe without dialogue is particularly beautiful. Were you nervous at all while you were filming, or did you feel, yeah, I got this? <laughs> uh, on, only every morning, afternoon, and night. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's you're all you're always nervous because there's just so many things you can't control. Um, but I'm very fortunate to work with my friends, and that's kind of a big ass deal, actually, and. 
um, you know, the, the crew, these are people I went to film school with, and mm -hmm. this is my first feature, but we'd done short films together and we'd done them in, in Colorado, in the same neck of the woods and really on the same scale and in the same style. So that was, there was a lot for us to build on, even though a lot was also new. Um, mm. And it's just ever so reassuring to, at the end of the day, whether it's been a good one or a bad one, to be able to have a beer with your friends and talk about it and figure out how to do better or discuss what might've gone right. And as you know, in the case of this movie, I was blessed as could be to have two masters of their craft in the lead roles in Dale Dickey and Wes Studi, who, as much as I lacked experience, they have so much, you know, hundreds of movies between them. And I trusted them dearly to fill in the cracks, many as there were, and um, <laughs> very proud of what they did on the movie. Don't you know that you're a grown up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I, I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. Right. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're both fantastic. And I think one of the most notable things about this film is that those roles represent a, somewhat of a departure for them. We don't really get to see those types of character actors in these leading romantic roles. Um, and I know that you wrote Faye for Dale Dickey. Did this character come first or did you just think, God, I have to write something for this incredible actress? It all kind of bubbled up in a some big messy stew. Uh, you know, I, I she'd been in my head for a long time ever since seeing her in Deborah Granick's Winter's Bone. Oh she's yeah, forgettable and mm -hmm. haunting. Um, but also, I was just so struck by like, oh, like this is someone I could know. Like this could be my neighbor. This could mm -hmm. be my aunt. This could be someone who raised me out here. And I couldn't stop thinking about this image of this actor in these landscapes of my home and uh you know years pass and life goes on and and I fall in love and you know and and some of my community around me other people are falling out of it and there's death mm -hmm. and there's divorce and there's loss and all the rhythms of life that we all experience and and a pandemic and many many hours just driving around in a pickup truck and listening to the radio and and in that swirl of thoughts and images and sounds this little story started to emerge out of it the truth is i of course like i think it's cool that these actors who have played a lifetime of really tough roles are doing a romance you know I, that's cool and i'm happy that it, it's that that's meaningful to people but 
the truth is I just cast the best people for the role, like the mm-hmm. best actors, the actors who are honest to the world and the actors who had the ability to fill all that space and all that silence and, and to give these characters a past and to give them the potency of the present. They're good at what they do. And I was so lucky to have them. They are. They're fantastic. I, I particularly love in the scene where they meet um, they're greeting to each other. Um, she asks, you know me? Which normally you expect to hear, hello, or you looking for me, or are you this person that I think you are? But she says, do you know me? And he replies, I don't know. Do you know me? Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's, a, it's so beautiful because this is about two people sort of finding each other. Do you think that we can ever truly know other people in the way that they're implying? Ah, really interesting question. I think the answer is yes. I want to believe that the answer is yes. (laughs) Um, But also that it's a rare and and powerful thing and something that maybe we're never quite done looking for. Or maybe we find it for a moment, but it doesn't always last. Mm. I think that's sort of the case for these characters who are both widowed and and the way I think about it, like they they had true love. Um, it was real and and they did they did know someone and someone did know them. And and then they lost these people. And a huge part of the question of the film is then what? And mm-hmm. does the pain of that sort of loss is the beauty that was shared worth it? Is it worth that pain? And it's a complex question. Um, but ultimately what I what I want to believe and therefore what I hope the movie suggests is that the answer is yes you know uh, price of, of having things is losing them it's a fair price to pay it's a tough lesson to learn but um that's, that's how I hope life is I, I completely agree <laughs> I hope that life is like that yeah. um you said that you filmed this you know where in your community where you live and I was just wondering that that wonderful spot by that uh, lake, how much location scouting did you have to do to find that place? Or did you just always know, like, I know this place, this is where this is going to be set? Oh, yeah, no, I've never done a location scout. Like, I've never mm-hmm. shot anything more than an hour from where I was born. And oh, I've spent wow. my whole life running around all these places so every scene was written for every nook of that lake or a bit of the forest that we shot it in and you know occasionally we'd have to move 30 feet because there were cows or something but <laughs> uh, yeah just it's just that's the only place it could have been just like I think Dale was the only actor who could have played the part and it's a bit risky to stake such an unyielding claim to specific things but when it works it really works um yeah yeah it's just i guess i guess i like writing knowing what i'm writing for and it's really the only way i've done it greetings from evergreen podcasts we're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you the information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month 
to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Yeah, well, it comes through in the film and everything, the setting and and the music too. even feel like characters almost just as much as the characters do. And everything seems in such perfect balance. Um, How did you go about trying to achieve that balance, especially since this is your first feature? With with the music specifically or or just the in um, Yeah, you talked about the locations a bit, but yeah, with the music. I listen to a lot of music. And again, I, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the music I grew up listening to. And, and I also write while listening to music and use it to try to feel what I hope the audience will be feeling in any given scene or moment. So mm-hmm. the script had all the specific songs in it. But then the uh, experience of making a small film is that there's a lot of songs you you want that you can't afford. And mm-hmm. I worked with a great music supervisor named Joe Rudge, and we had the enviable job of just like sending each other playlists for a year. And it's this funny task you embark on when you're essentially looking for a cheaper version of a song or a more affordable way to go about something that I and it was my first time doing that and I like actually kind of loved it because what you wind up doing is is looking for artists who are unknown or lost or less appreciated or overlooked which is exactly who the characters in my worlds are and like finding people to honor in some little way and there's so much lovely music out there it's actually a really cool thing I, I'm, I'm grateful to have been sent on that little quest and and to have shared it with joe and and i love i love the soundtrack and, and what we came out of it and 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 it was important too to not you know even though there's something some hint of memory in all of these songs i didn't want it to just be like old timey and the soundtrack really runs the gamut of when these things are from there's old music there's contemporary music and i wanted it to go to show that these are old well-rooted traditions but very much alive as well and um um yeah what a nice what a nice piece of the job listening to music i i'm grateful to get to do that (laughs) yeah well and like i said you know it everything feels so perfectly of a piece of this one cohesive vision and it sounds and looks really beautiful um so again as our time is up congratulations on the film and uh do you have what you're working on next yet or are you just letting yourself experience this moment with this film i'm trying to do but you know trying to experience this and appreciate the room service and the the trip to LA <laughs> stuff without, but i'm i'm trying to stay busy too i don't want to wind up like washed up on a beach with no ideas in a couple of years so yeah, I've been writing and I don't really know exactly what will be next, but hoping to keep doing little stories out in that neck of the woods until they don't let me do them no more. And uh, I guess we'll just see if see if I'm able to pull it off. If people want to keep coming out and doing them with me. Well, I, for one, will be in the audience whenever your next and subsequent movies come out. So thank you. <laughs> uh, thank you, Dan. <laughs> 
Thank you. These are great questions, Zach. Really nice. Really nice talk. Uh, thanks, man. I had a wonderful time talking with you, too. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Dan Bear's interview with the writer and director for the new film, A Love Song, Max Walker Silverman, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. A Love Song is currently playing a limited release from Bleecker Street. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.